Welcome back to Radio Entrepreneurs. I'm Jonathan Friedman, and our next guest is Sumit Sabarwal, CEO of NetGain. Welcome to Radio Entrepreneurs. Thank you, Jonathan. It's a pleasure to be here. It's wonderful to have you on. Why don't we start a little bit by telling us uh, about your company, NetGain, and what it is that you do? Sure. Um, so what, when we think about just uh, you know what's happening broadly, right, the tech intensity is only increasing. Doesn't matter what industry firms are in hospitality or life sciences, uh, it's becoming increasingly important to uh, digitize the business and redefine the end client and end user experience. So what we do is really, uh, simply put, we run the underlying technology infrastructure for firms across three different verticals, Jonathan. Those are healthcare providers, so think of hospitals, ambulatory clinics, regional multi-speciality hospitals, law firms, and CPA firms. Across these three verticals, you know, there's a lot of commonality. One is they're all very regulated and security and compliance is a huge concern. But also, uh, they've been a little behind the eight ball on uh, embracing technology. So they are all now racing to digitize their business and transform it. Uh, and public cloud has uh, become a great uh, platform to kind of accelerate that adoption. Even pre-pandemic, you know, technology had been a big disruptor in creating a modern experience, right? All of the younger folks coming into firms expect everything to be on a cell phone. But I think, you know, you overlay the impact of the pandemic, um, the increasingly distributed workforce, sometimes remote first model now being the prevalent norm. There's a massive talent crunch. You know, you can't find enough lawyers, you can't find enough accountants. Um, and when you think about the velocity of cyber attacks, right? You know, all of these firms are highly susceptible as professional services firms that are hosting and managing data for end clients. Um, you know, there's tremendous amount of sensitive data. So it becomes even more important to say, hey, how do we look at, um, you know, sort of shaping a modern firm, one that uh, really has embraced, you know, sort of that digital transformation promise to reshape the business, the end client experience, and the employee experience. So that's what we do. We come in and help companies transform the underlying IT infrastructure, um, really migrate that to public cloud, run that as a managed service, and deliver a remote virtual workspace you know, for the employees that packages the desktop experience and the critical business applications, all wrapped around with the support aspects and the security aspects that are so, so critical. And we do all of that in partnership with the core IT teams of these companies. The idea is not to replace that talent, which is often overwhelmed, but to shift them into being more strategic for the firms, to shift them into looking at how they can go assess and bring new technology in, versus focusing on the bits and bytes of running that technology, leaving all of that uh, for us to manage and run. So are you finding that um, most of your uh, clients that come to you are um, <clears throat> hosting their own solutions, resident solutions, and then you're bringing them to the public cloud for the first time? Or is it a, a mix? Is there a hybrid of, of situations? Um, you talk about the advancement and, and the speed at which technology is evolving. I would imagine in a lot of these cases, they have their toes in the water on some level and perhaps haven't completely transformed their business to a cloud-based 
uh, environment. Um, is, is, is that what you're, you know, most clients who are, are, are uh, engaging with you or, yes. or are they already in the cloud and they're looking to create a better experience, a more secure experience? We, Jonathan, we, we find businesses across the whole spectrum. So there are businesses that we work with, you know, clients of ours that have, to your point, dipped their toes and chosen to go to public cloud with their own limited IT staff only to realize that it is a significant undertaking. And month three into it, they're getting these massive bills from Microsoft and are realizing that they've bitten off more than they can chew, not to mention that it opens up tremendous security issues if you don't do it right. So either clients like that, there are clients that um, haven't yet taken the plunge. They may be running their own internal IT infrastructure um, and you know, looking to transform it and, and realize that they need somebody from outside that has the uh, Azure skill set, the AWS skill set, uh, that has the skill set of uh, the vertical applications that you know a lot of our clients use. So in the law industry, they they use things like iManage or Worldocs in the healthcare. It's the HR packages like eClinical, NextGen. Uh, in the case of the CPA space, it's you know CCH, Engagement, ProFX, Tax. Right. These applications uh, it requires quite a bit of optimization to get them to run efficiently with a high level of resiliency in any infrastructure and in public cloud even more so. So I think bringing, that's the expertise and the skill set we bring in, not to mention security, which is you know, a, a big part and a growing part of our businesses. You know, how do we layer in the required controls, both uh, reactive and proactive to enhance the overall security posture for our clients? And then there are clients that we, uh, come across that are already working with a service provider, Jonathan, but you know are not necessarily happy with the experience. It's still very much of a you know uh, legacy type experience, and they're keen to modernize it. They're keen to move into Azure or AWS and you know sort of transform the underlying infrastructure. Um, and that provider may lack those competencies. A lot of what we always say is it's not just about the journey to public cloud. It's not just getting to Azure or AWS. It's really transforming the business and looking at it holistically. So um, as an example, right, you know, we have clients that where we've migrated that infrastructure into, let's say, Azure. Uh, but now it's about taking, you know, inefficiency and paper-based processes out. So using platforms like Microsoft's Power Automate platform, right, to do process automation. And in that process, redefining how they may be doing client onboarding or how may they may be doing employee onboarding, right? So it's not just saying, look, hey, we need to go to the public cloud, but it's we need to leverage the goodness that public cloud unlocks to run a more efficient, to run a more modern business and to cater to the needs of our employees, right, where high levels of productivity and high levels of engagement are very, very important, particularly given the huge dearth of talent. Um, we have CPA firms that would have never looked at offshore, and now they're embracing offshore, Jonathan. They're, they have resources working in India or Philippines and, you know, in that context, you have to worry about regulations from the IRS, right, around taxpayer data. 
You have to worry about, you know, how you secure all of this stuff. So having a virtual workspace, a virtual desktop, right, that abstracts the applications and the data from the end user and brings the controls where the end user can put a thumb drive and copy all of that data becomes even more critical, right? So we work with CPA firms to make sure that we're delivering and managing that virtual cloud desktop solution that has that layer of security wrapped around that supports both their global work, that supports their workforce, not just in the US, but the offshore teams that they're bringing on as well. So it's interesting, as you mentioned, it sounds to me very much like your value proposition is not only uh, uh, facilitating or, or affecting the movement to the cloud, but it's optimizing that movement to the cloud. And it sounds like many of the people on your team have that uh, application expertise as well, um, so that they can, work, you know, as you talk about workflow and optimization, um, which is really, I, I think, a significant value add relative to uh, perhaps firms out there that, you know, are really just focused on making sure that you're operating in the cloud. Absolutely. So, you know, for us, how we look at our why is to partner with our clients and build a firm of the future, right? The firm of the future is one that when you think about it, we all know that over the next five years, AI is going to transform a lot of how work gets done. But you can't do that unless you have a normalized data state, right? So how do you start to go about doing that? You can't do that if your assets and your workflows are not optimized. So how do you go about doing that? So it's really partnering with clients to move a lot of that infrastructure into public cloud, but then also bring in the hygiene and the you know normalize a lot of what they do. Um, and then obviously, you know, security and that becomes a huge, huge play is how do we make sure that we're staying in line with the dynamic cyber landscape that is it is right with threats emerging every every second and so how do you look at both a reactive aspect of what's happening and a proactive aspect how do you collect and normalize data you know what's happening at the endpoint with the employee that's accessing a piece of data what's happening in the network and how do we collect all of that telemetry um, and look at it in a holistic lens to understand that there may be risks that may be created, there may be unauthorized access, and how do we then trap those and block those quickly, right, before um, any damage is done. Fantastic insight and, and a good sense of what it is that you provide to your clients. You have uh, experienced um, perhaps a, a, a similar experience in terms of you uh, coming in as CEO of NetGain. Um, talk about uh, a little bit, because we're all about radio entrepreneurs, lessons learned for entrepreneurs. You uh, manage a workforce, uh, a, a distributed workforce, but your corporate headquarters is actually in a different location than you reside. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you came into the position uh, just around the beginning or prior, just prior to the pandemic and inherited a team that... Uh, uh, is is remote to you. Um, tell us about that experience. Yeah, I mean, COVID has been a great look, you know, learning experiment for all of us. I tell you, I have grown and learned in several di different dimensions as a leader to, to the point you made. I started in March of 2020. I barely spent a week with my team and, and, and then we all had to pivot to a remote model. Um, and that really meant really sort of redefining a lot of what my traditional beliefs were in how I run and operate teams. So number one is hiring senior level talent. So I came into, you know, 
um, an opportunity where there was plenty of runway to continue to transform the company and bring in strong talent um, and hiring people remotely um, without meeting them was something that was a bit of an art and skill that, you know, I had to go crack the code on, right? There's only so much you can learn via Zoom. So a lot of my interviewing style, you know, Jonathan has an example change, right? I was less about uh, really starting the interview with 200 questions, but opening it up, really saying, how do I, you know, look at, at, you know, there's a baseline of certain things I'm looking at. So when I assess leaders, I look at leaders from a culture and then from a competence, you know, culture first, competence second. And so Mm -hmm. when I said, hey, from a company that we're looking to build, intellectual curiosity is very important. So how do I go assess that? As an example, I start my interviews with asking them what questions they have, right? That gives me a great window into intellectual curiosity and what, you know, where they want to take the conversation. So that aspect, spending a lot of time understanding what passions they have outside work, right? Are they truly passionate? How they apply themselves? Um, and really making it, you know, much more exposing even more vulnerability on my side early on to build and foster trust, you know? So all of those things that I perhaps was not doing as much before, right? In, in my interviewing and assessing of leaders. So I think that's been great. I think embracing the whole remote model and really looking at the fact that the command and control nine to five, you know, being a cubicle is dead, you know, um, arguably, you know, sort of uh, that was dying to begin with and, you know, sort of COVID accelerated that transition. So how do we look at, you know, pivoting to an output-based model, right? How do we assess uh, productivity, um, you know, and output of employees? And then, you know, just beyond metrics and measures, what becomes very important and in my job, Jonathan, is how do I translate the broader purpose of the company at an individual level, right? For an employee that isn't necessarily, you know, having the benefit of that level of social engagement and social capital, how do we translate what they're doing, right, back to the purpose of the company? Our purpose of the company is to partner with our clients and shape the firm of the future. So, you know, if I have an engineer who were now incenting to go get certifications, how do I help them understand that that tech expertise is building, right? Or she's building yep. directly translates to our ability to go shape that from the future. So a lot of my time, you know, I mean, communication is repetition to begin with, but even more so, right, is, is how do I communicate? How do I use all the forms available to me one-on-one, all hands meetings, right? follow-ups with managers across the different forums to continue to help them understand and relate what they're doing, right, uh, to what we're doing at a broader level. Well, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. I think it's great insight and and great learning experience for other entrepreneurs as they go through uh, the process of managing uh, remote workforces and, and what to look for. So really appreciate that insight. Our guest has been Sumit Sabarwal, CEO of NetGain. It's been a wonderful pleasure having you on Radio Entrepreneurs. Thank you, Jonathan. The pleasure is all mine. If people want to learn more about the company, if they want to uh, perhaps engage with you directly, what's the best way for them to do that? Sure. Uh, Our website for the company is www.netgaincloud.com. Unfortunately, there are a couple of NetGains. We're netgaincloud.com. And then uh, LinkedIn is a great way to get in touch with me. I check it regularly. So I've got a profile on LinkedIn. You can easily find me there. 
Wonderful. It's been a real pleasure having you on, and we'll be right back with another segment on Radio Entrepreneurs. 